Southeast Radio's morning mix. Southeast Radio. Barry, uh, thank you very much for, for taking our call. I know you're very busy this morning. Um, Ian Bailey, uh, a colourful individual, uh, an enigma in, in, in many people's view. Uh, did you know the guy? Yeah, I got to know him over the, over the course of the last 27 years. In, in fact, uh, I was there uh, in Skull the day that Sophie Toscan Planter's body was found in December 23rd, 1996. And I would have covered an awful lot of his court appearance and so forth over the years. Uh, it really wasn't until 2013, though, that I got to know him. I wrote a piece uh, on foot of the fact that the French had issued a European arrest warrant which meant that he couldn't travel to the UK for his mother's funeral, that's his mother Brenda. We spoke about that. I, I spoke to Solicitor Frank Bodmer. He said, will he talk to me about that? Uh, and solely that. So we did. And after that, then, we developed a relationship. I would meet him and we, um, in the course of his many court appearances and other events, high court uh, actions and European arrest warrant extraditions and so forth. And also then he would ring me. He was, um, as you say, he was a curious individual, a strange mixture of... of um, Personalities, in some respects, I suppose, eccentric, uh, egotistical, extraordinarily um, arrogant at times. But he could also be good fun. Uh, very black sense of humour, which I got, and we, we would have shared at various stages. Um, he would ring me then out of the blue uh, occasionally and sort of saying, "Tip off here. There have been five ambulances that have gone out to Glengarriff Road or something like that." As an old newsman myself, I think you might appreciate that. And then every Christmas, uh, it was that time of the year, and I'd ring him regarding anniversaries and so forth. And uh, we were talking last year, in actual fact, sorry, 2022. And I commented that it seemed to be coming around faster. And he said, "Yeah, as you get older, the year seems to, or time seems to pass more quickly." I spoke to him on the 22nd or 20th this year. Um, and I knew he'd been in hospital and asked him about his health and he said that he'd gone in in September after suffering two heart attacks and they had caused significant damage to his heart, 75% damage in fact, and doctors were trying, I put him on medication to try and build up his heart to a point where he could actually go for surgery and a bypass this year in March or April. Uh, so that's what he was looking forward to as it were, I suppose. But unfortunately, uh, that wasn't to be, and he collapsed on the street, in Barry Street in Bantry, where he had his flat yesterday around lunch hour. He waved to pedestrians and cried out for help, I understand, as he was collapsing. Uh, they came and assisted him, performed CPR for perhaps 15 minutes before the ambulance arrived. And then uh, the paramedics worked him again, but unfortunately they didn't or weren't able to revive or resuscitate him. He was taken to Bantry General Hospital where he was thrown dead. So it was a sort of sad end to a, a very colourful and controversial uh, life, certainly since he moved here to Ireland in 1991. What was the general belief in the area? I, I understand that uh, when when the incident happened, when uh, Miss Sofan Duplantier w- was murdered, there was a general feeling that he was guilty. But I think as the years went on, uh, the fact that there was no prosecution, uh, people began to wane and began to think, well, he must be innocent, otherwise he would have been charged by now. Uh, I'm not sure that that necessarily is... A, is a it's a complex picture. He always maintained that people with corporate police behind him and very supportive of him. Uh, I'm not sure that's always the case. Either. That's part of the problem with talking to Ian was that he was prone to exaggerations. For example, in uh, the High Court case, it came to light that he had described himself as managing the fish uh, factory in Skull when he met Jules Thomas and having been provided a house by the owners. Uh, that was very forensically taken apart by the barrister Luna Brennan, who said, no, you were an ordinary worker in there. But he had this tendency to sort of exaggerate his own experiences, as it were. Um, and even relatively recently, I noticed he, he was saying that 
people, he'd been the victim of an assault and he said Gary, he'd arrested three people uh, in connection with that young guys and they hadn't but it sort of appeared in the media uh, that they had. He he, um, he uh, produced very mixed remorse with a lot of people. He was very controversial I think. I think what really a lot of people from very what he was viewed uh, with the states by an awful lot of people in West Cork was uh, whatever about whether he was innocent or guilty of the murder of Sophie Tosk on the planter, he clearly was guilty of assaulting Jules Thomas on a number of occasions and assaulting her very badly. He he admitted to three uh, himself, and one of those was in August 2001, and he was convicted in the district court of that. Um, he had suffered an Achilles tendon during playing tennis, and he was laid up, and they had a row, and he just lashed out at her with the crutch, and she was quite badly injured. We heard during the libel action how he had... Um, Badly assaulted her and damaged her jaw, and she'd be taken to CUH, uh, Cork University Hospital. And Peter Bilisky, a friend of theirs, said um, when he was called to the house by one of Jules' daughters that morning, it was like a dying animal. Jules was in such a state. So he had this violent tendency, and that should not be understated or underestimated. Uh, and that, I think, meant a lot of people in West Cork were very wary of him. And unfortunately, um, he, he had a number of other charges pending. He, he, I understand he had a, a drugs driving charge and a drink driving charge. Is that correct? Yeah, the drug driving charge was up uh, in Skibbereen Circuit Court on Friday, but was adjourned because there were various submissions being made on that. And then he was also had been arrested and bagged for drink driving uh, coming out of um, Bankshire, I think it was, uh, last year. And that hadn't come before the court yet, so obviously those two matters will now fall by the wayside, as it were. Um, so he had those, yeah, and I mean, you know, he... He, he did like his his his, his liquor and his his, his his weed. He said at various stages, and he be, I mean he was drinking in recent months. He separated from his partner Jules Thomas in uh, June twenty sorry March twenty one, and I think she maybe had been a restraining influence on him since living on his own. I think he had been drinking heavily, and uh, any time I spoke to him, he was coherent and everything. But um, you know, I, I just I hadn't seen him now since last at some stage but I saw TV sorry a Virgin Media interview with him just before Christmas and I thought he'd get very shook I suppose really he'd aged an awful lot I mean he was a powerful uh, well-built man back in his day he was six foot four yeah. and uh, you know, he'd become he had problems with his back and sciatica and he also had the lingering problems with his Achilles tendon and he'd be quite uh, limited in his walk his gait was very restricted and he's yeah. difficulty getting about the place I so would I would very, I uh, would imagine either guilty or innocent I'm sure they, they, the last number of years they had to take their toll on him and then the breakup with his partner uh, must have must have had a, a serious impact on his life yeah he was as I said he, was, he could be a very arrogant man and very egotistical Judge Paddy Moran here in the circuit court the live election sort of concluded by saying that Mr Bailey was a man who liked the limelight and that certainly was the case I don't think I've met anybody in my time in journalism who craved attention so much and the worst thing that could happen to Ian I think in his eyes would be to ignore, be ignored but um, against that what I would say about him is he was being dealt a lot of blows over the last 25 years he lost his high court case he lost the libel action he won the exhibition hearings against France but he was all remarkably resilient and very sort of philosophical in some ways uh, I was asking him before Christmas how he's going to spend Christmas and he said well uh, Christmas Day and he said well I've got an air fryer I'm going to try that out and he got a, somebody given him a pretty new second end DVD player so he was going to go watching movies he was sort of a resilient character and a sort of um, sort of, he was into meditation, and uh, I came across a 
prayer that he said uh, by a guy called Ronald Niemer, both asking if I can find it here now, uh, about um, accepting what he... Oh, sorry. God grant the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. It's by an American theologian, Ronald Niebuhr. He's a well-read man. Uh, but he could, I mean, he mixed some extraordinary, I mean, the violence, and then he, he would, if you followed him on Twitter, he was sort of, um, I suppose, how would I put it, you know, he would be on about young women. He was quite, um, he's, I think he still fancied himself very much as a, um, a ladies' man. But uh, then on the other side, you had this sort of, um, you know, reflective, um, on the spiritual sort of side to him. Yeah. He actually thought about becoming an Anglican priest at one stage, he said. So, an unusual, complex man. An complex enigma. Man, whatever, but an enigma, yeah, yeah. Barry Roach, thank and you very much sh- indeed. And not a shy one. Yeah, absolutely. He, he certainly courted publicity. Thank you very much, Barry. All the best. Take care. Thank take you. Care. Bye-bye. Bye. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Southeast.